KRCL, Salt Lake City. KRCL amplifies the work of community nonprofits like Comunidades Unidas, an organization that fights to build the social and political power of people who identify as Latinx immigrants, including undocumented folks living in Utah. More details at cuutah.org. Welcome to Radioactive, a show that plugs you into the community. I'm Haley Askerland, a student journalist at Salt Lake Community College. Stay tuned as we talk about local culture, local artists, and the vibrance of your community. Before we start our show, I want to take a moment to acknowledge that KRCL is occupied on Eastern Shoshone, Goshu, and Ute land. The Eastern Shoshone, Goshu, and Ute nations still exist today and are the rightful stewards of this land. These nations, people, and tribes should be recognized as the rightful stewards of this land and given the rights as such. Today for Valleys and Resources, we are going to talk about ICWA, the Indian Child Welfare Act. Last week, a few of my colleagues went to a press conference at the Capitol in support of House Bill 40. Rep representatives from all eight nations of Utah were present and gave speeches in support of the bill. HB 40 is modeled after ICWA, a federal law that since 1978 has protected Native children during the adoption process. Utah's HB 40 would codify ICWA into Utah state law, but it is unfortunately being held up in a House committee. This is Honorable Navajo Council Delegate Eugenia Charles Newton speaking to Macaulay Blackburn about the importance of protecting Indigenous children and families during adoption. The Indian Child Welfare Act is a federal law that protects American Indian children and really promotes family unity um, among American Indian communities. Yeah. Um, and can you explain why it's so important to protect ICWA? It's very important because, as we know, self-identity is, is, you know, it's, it's very crucial right now. As I stated in my speech, you know, we have 23andMe that tells us, you know, where we come from, the connection to, you know, the communities, um, and also countries and, and culture and tradition, you know, language. All of that is so important with self-identity. Um, that has been a, a um, I guess, a... An, it has been such an important part of ICWA, the self-identity. Our children were taken away at very high numbers um, in Indian communities. They were Children were removed from their communities in an effort to assimilate them. Uh, and in that process, a lot of children uh, you know, didn't know their identity. They didn't know where they came from, which created a lot of problems. Uh, ICWA, it was passed, and it was supposed to help address some of those issues. But it gave tribes the opportunity to to come first and say that child belongs to us. Um, and many tribes, you know, we have that communal um, upbringing. We, you know, that, that saying, it takes a community. Well, that certainly is a lot of American Indian tribes. Um, and so it gave tribes the opportunity to come out to say that child is ours and we want to claim them because we know that one day they will want to know who they come, you know, where they come from, who they are, um, and then the connections that they make to not only the family, but the community as a whole. 
Can you explain to uh, KRCL listeners how they can support ICWA and support Native communities? Well, I think it's more than just supporting um, Native communities. It's about supporting the family unity, which is an important, you know, it's very important here in the state of Utah. It's about keeping families together and giving them the opportunity to raise, you know, their children among their own. Um, And so uh, it, it is very, very important. So they can, you know, if you support ICWA, if you support, you know, the family unity, Unity, if you support, you know, giving a every individual the, the opportunity to identify who they are, where they come from, you know, the culture, the tradition of which they, you know, in which they belong, then they need to contact their representatives and their senators to push House Bill 40 forward. If you feel passionate about protecting Indigenous children and culture, contact your local representatives. In the blog spot for tonight's show, which you can find by searching radioactive on krcl.org, we'll post a link to the Utah State Legislators website. From there, use your zip code to search for who represents you. Let them know that you care about HB40. Coming up on Radioactive Voices Amplified, we have Salt Lake's music duo, Michelle Hafey and Josiah Everhart, also known as Orca Mind. The duo recently re- released their debut self-titled album and are excited to be playing more shows throughout the valley. But first, we have Video Game by Sufjan Stevens. Thank you to everyone who donated to KRCL last year. Tax receipts for 2022 have gone out. But if you would like a digital version of your donation record, you can download one through your KRCL Connect account. Log in or sign up under the support tab at krcl.org. As always, email any questions you may have to members at krcl.org. Well, default taxes, default tyranny. Support for Radioactive comes from Mark Miller Subaru and the Love Promise Community Commitment, a partnership with nonprofit organizations that aim to make the world a better place. More information about the Love Promise and Subaru products at markmillersubaru.com. Welcome back to Radioactive Voices Amplified, a collaboration between KRCL, Salt Lake Community College, and Amplify Utah. I'm your host for this evening, Haley Askerland. I'm sitting here with Michelle Hafey and Josiah Everhart of the band Orca Mind. Hello, how are you guys? Hey, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm doing good. We're Sweet. really excited to have you on the show We're tonight. Happy to be here. Um, so you guys released your first album last year. Tell mm-hmm. me a little bit about the album. Well, it is completely self-produced. It took us maybe six months. We started our band May of last year, mm-hmm. and December 24th we released this. So it was a lot of work. Oh, awesome. Um, we wrote the song. A lot of the songs we wrote live on Twitch. That's where we stream mm. our shows. And um, this like everything is handmade. Like that's my handwriting on the CD. I'm holding one here <laughs> for people listening. And yeah, it was a labor of love. Cool. <laughs> and, yeah. Um, tell me about like the art on the CD. I see. Like. Oh yeah. Um. So our Someone we know, Alisher, made this orca here, and mm-hmm. then, gosh, it, it we took this with our tripod just in the forest, and what else? They're very DIY. Yes. Yeah, All it's awesome. I love it. You. You. Um, and tell me about the name Orca Mine. What inspired you to use that for your name? <laughs> um, so, orcas have more emotional capacity than people do, and mm. 
their emotional center like lights up more than ours in brain scans and stuff and they have their own special language that they communicate with each other and in different pods and stuff and I feel like music is another way to convey emotions um like yeah. it's like another language so I don't for know. sure I love it we love orcas yes <laughs> also I'm obsessed with orcas yeah <laughs> um and you were both YouTube creators before you met right mm -hmm. Yeah, we both were on YouTube for probably 10 years before we made the band. Hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're friends online for a long time and then decided to join forces and collaborate. created Orca Mind. Yep. Cool. Yeah. And were you um, like gaming YouTubers? Oh, or music. music. So we were all video game music. Like yeah. se he and I separately just we covered all the classic game music like mm -hmm. Zelda and like earthbound and just all the classics and we s wrote original lyrics to a lot of the songs mm. and started doing that together and we're like this sounds so different than the original we should just write our own music so <laughs> yeah. it's very inspired by video games <laughs> yeah um tell me like about uh, besides from video games and the legend of zelda what is some more inspiration that you use to create your music um like i don't know i've listen to a lot of bands and stuff but it's funny like video game music is the number one influence for yeah. both of us yeah that's all i listen to like mm. on my phone is all just video game music yeah. <laughs> so that's the biggest influence um that i can think of really yeah and you can really tell that your music is inspired from it it's oh. very like it's just cool and video gamey, like electronic. Thanks. I really enjoy it. Oh, yeah. Thank, thank you. Um, so how with like that style of music, what instruments do you each play? And like, how does a live show look like for you guys? Well, both of our main instruments respectively is I play guitar and Michelle plays piano and keyboard and synthesizer. But we both sing uh, like regularly. Yeah, harmonies are like a huge part of our hmm. stuff and melodies, um, synthesizer. So now I mostly play synth and sing. Um, we use all the old old synths from like the 80s and stuff. And that's oh, what yeah. they use on like game soundtracks and mm. stuff. And um, Josiah's acoustic, like um, fingerstyle guitar. And then um, our drummer, Matt, he is influenced by like progressive metal drums. Okay, and he also yeah. loves video game music. So there's like a couple like blending of genres yeah. going on but i think it me melds well together yeah it does <laughs> um where do you guys normally play live in salt lake do you have like um occurring shows happening um we've pretty much applied to every festival that we could find mm -hmm. <laughs> um so hopefully we'll be playing festivals in the summer yeah. um we recently like yesterday we applied to uh fork fest and like um, I don't even remember. We put in so many, but we recently played Boomerangs in Salt Lake City, and mm. um, what was the other one? The oh, Boardwalk. We played Boardwalk, which is close by. Down in oh, Orem, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. We cool. play at Lighthouse all the time. So sweet. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you have any more upcoming shows you want to tell KRCL listeners about? We have a show tomorrow on Twitch. Um, oh, awesome! <laughs> so yeah, um, a lot of people know of Twitch for gaming, but it's big for music as well. Yeah. And that's that's what we do almost every day. So we have a show tomorrow, 2 p.m. Um, we'll be doing our whole thing cool. on on Twitch tomorrow. <laughs> and yeah. where can we find you on Twitch? It's twitch.tv slash Michelle Hafey, which is H-E-A-F-Y. 
Um, we stream two and a half hours of music, like five days a week. Um, yeah. Awesome. Um, how? Tell us a little bit about those Twitch performances. How did they go? Uh, well, they started out. We started streaming back in uh, October of 2021, and it was kind of just a. Uh, us playing some of our covers that we'd made on YouTube, mm -hmm. like acoustic versions. And then uh, <clears throat> we slowly started like writing songs on stream and kind of like, like demoing them for our, for the, our viewers in our chat. And they're like, you know, they, they love it. So we were like, I think we might have something here. Yeah. So it, that's really why we started our band was because we were streaming our video game music on there first. Mm -hmm. And then we're like, we should add synth. We should do this. And then now we've got a full band streaming on there and like on Saturday and Sunday we're streaming with four of us so cool cool um do you ever make music solo like outside of Orca Mind? we used to but now it's all Orca Mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it, all we do is Orca Mind 100% like every day no days cool. off <laughs> yeah <laughs> um tell me a little bit about like like, did you always want to, like, know you wanted to go into music? Were you always um, connected with that? Yeah, it's been pretty much my lifelong dream. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like, pretty much been music or nothing. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's it. Who are, like, your biggest music inspirations? Um, what do you got? Uh, I got a, a lot, but, uh, I don't know, I guess Radiohead's one of my favorite bands. Uh, oh, yeah. I listen to like some folk like Arlo Guthrie's kind of what taught me to play guitar the way that I do the mm. finger style stuff. Um, uh, Circus Survive is my favorite band. The singer Anthony Green got me into singing. Um, oh, sweet. Yeah. <laughs> cool. <laughs> um, what is like one thing you could, if you could tell aspiring artists or musicians specifically in Salt Lake, what would you tell them? Um, I think you can do stuff yourself like mm. it's not our long-term goal to always be doing stuff independent but like don't let uh gear and stuff get in your way like if you want to stream you should just uh do it like um just buy a microphone is all you need and you just slowly gradually add to your thing you don't have to buy a bunch of stuff yeah. just go for it <laughs> Do you use like um, like music creating platforms that are like easily accessible? Yeah, our all of our music is streaming everywhere. Like um, we distribute it to all the major platforms, and we have physical CDs on our Bandcamp, and we have music under each of our names as well as Orcamind. So it's everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Um, can we find like your merch or CDs anywhere else? Yes. Um, so our merch is through our Streamlabs website, which is linked to our Twitch. And Bandcamp is where you can buy our CDs. We sign every copy and ship them all over the world. We only have like 20 left. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Um, well, thank you for joining us at OrcaMind. Um, where, like, are there any other, like, social media platforms that we could find you on? We are everywhere under go on at orca mind at michelle hafey and at josiah everhart yep everywhere yep come join our twitch <laughs> <laughs> all right awesome well um next up on radioactive i will be talking to designer sage nelson about salt lake's fashion scene and her up-and-coming fashion show this saturday now let's listen to your most recent single released on january 31st this is some way by orca mind krcl voices amplified
Thank you for plugging into your community tonight on 90.9 FM. You just heard Some Way by Salt Lake's music duo Orca Mind. You can find them on Twitch, Instagram, YouTube. Um, they're playing a live show on Twitch tomorrow, so go and support them. Um, this is your host, Haley Askerland. You are listening to Voices Amplified, a collaboration between Salt Lake Community College, KRCL, and Amplify Utah, where student journalists take over Radioactive on Thursday nights. Now I'm here with Sage Nelson, an up-and-coming fashion designer from Salt Lake. Hi, Sage. How are you? Hi, I'm good. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, <laughs> I'm excited to have you here. Um, First, you are participating in a fashion show this Saturday with the Salt Lake Fashion Collective. Tell me a little bit about the show and how you've been preparing. Yeah, it, the show is going to be at Umoka, which is really cool because it's going to be not like a traditional fashion show like runway where the models are just walking down a runway. It's going to be more like they're displayed like art, which I'm really excited oh, about. Wow. And I'm kind of taking advantage of that and like decorating the walls. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be really cool and just different from normal fashion shows. Um, and then as for preparing, I had a month and a half about notice to make a whole new collection. Oh, wow. So preparing has been stressful, lots of tears, lots of <laughs> bleeding from needles and stuff. So it's been lots of sewing and lots of testing myself and my creative limits, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Um, have you always known that you've wanted to go into fashion? No, I I mean what's interesting is when I when I was like 2 years old there was one week where my mom tells me I just like stopped letting her dress me. I was like no, mm. I'm going to dress myself and I she never dressed me ever again. And so it was kind of like fashion's like always been in me, but I never like thought that I could be a designer. I thought I could just like pick pick cute clothes to style them. Yeah. And then I thought I wanted to do like science or film or something and then it wasn't until like a year ago when I like found this pop-up shop in New York that was like sustainable clothes and it was gender fluid and it was really cool and that her clothes were just really crazy clothes and I was like people were paying hundreds of dollars to wear these like maybe I could create weird clothes so yeah. I've kind of just been running with it since then. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, who are your biggest fashion inspirations? Um there's this girl on TikTok. Her name's Anna Molinari, I think is how you pronounce it. Okay. And she's really cool because sh her s fashion is called trashin, which is like mm. trash fashion. Yeah. So she like uses like bread bags and makes like bikinis out of them or like corsets out of plastic bags. I just think she's so cool that I'm just yeah. like, that's like a whole other level of upcycling, not just saving clothes from the landfill but also saving like plastic and trash because that's such a creative idea yeah for <laughs> sure um how do you find inspiration in your life for your like projects you're working on um I watch a lot of movies and tv so I honestly get a lot from that mm. or like music just like um just the vibe of different songs I'm listening to or I'm really big into like mental health so like whatever I'm going through I'm like how can I change this into clothes and art yeah um yeah um how would you describe your style to the listeners my like the clothes I make or the clothes I wear the well I guess a little bit of both <laughs> yeah okay um the clothes I wear I would say is very like color coordinated monochrome like everything has to like be matchy matchy mm. um the clothes I make I would say is kind of like I don't know I haven't really like pinned down like one aesthetic yet so a little bit all over the place like I like the idea of kind of like skater boy grunge but also mixed with like 
girl going to the club and like wants to be all cute and sexy yeah (laughs) but also like definitely lots of colors I think that's really important for me Mm -hmm. and do you um like create fashion for like all genders do you specifically lean towards women um no I definitely my goal is to be gender fluid right now they're definitely more like feminine but Mm -hmm. because I just make them for myself and what I'm interested in wearing um but like at my last fashion show I had a male model and I had a non-binary model just to like try to show that like anyone can wear these clothes it doesn't really matter Mm -hmm. um what is like some of your messages that you want to spread through your collections definitely well my whole fashion is upcycled so I think it's just so important that we like take care of the environment and Mm -hmm. just stop supporting like fast fashion and things like Shein that I just feel like people don't really understand how bad those companies are for the environment yeah um that I just want people to realize that you can create fashion out of all the other clothings that already exist in the world Mm -hmm. I think that's the most important thing to me that like we need to help this planet (laughs) yeah and fashion is huge with that I feel like it's kind of overlooked because you don't think about like the clothes you're wearing and how it's impacting the environment um but I think it's super awesome that creators like you are um finding new ways to you know show that upcycling can be done and sustainable fashion can exist thank you Mm -hmm. (laughs) mm-hmm Um, And where do you shop, like, for your own clothes? Are there any, like, shops in Salt Lake that you frequent? Well, I actually work at the thrift store Pibs Exchange, so I kind of only get my clothes from there. I'm a Mm -hmm. little too loyal. (laughs) (laughs) Um, They just have, like, a really good, like, employee discount, and they have a tab, so they're just, like, begging me to spend all my money (laughs) there. Yeah. And so pretty much my whole closet is from there. I don't really shop anywhere else. And where do you, like, get your materials for um, the clothes you make? Yeah, I get a little bit from Pibs, um, but m- I would say probably, like, 90 to 95% of it I get from the Goodwill bins. Mm-hmm. Just because I, like, or I could also get it from, like, the DI or just, like, Goodwill thrift stores. But I feel like that stuff still has a chance of, like, selling and somebody buying it. Yeah. But I want to go to the bins because it's, like, the last stop before the landfill that it's like okay nobody wants this I have permission to like chop it up and like make it into something totally different Mm -hmm. (laughs) and how would you like describe the way that you um like upcycle and like taking um like what are pieces that you look for and how do you create them into something new honestly it's kind of sometimes I don't even know what I'm doing like Mm -hmm. my friend was like look at this cute pink dress and I was like that's a child's dress and they were like you could probably upcycle it and I was like if you think I can, then I guess I will. <laughs> and then I did it. And that was like one of like the favorite pieces at my last fashion show that I just kind of like, I'm just drawn to like colors or fabrics or like stuff like that, that I'm just like, okay, it's really ugly, but like there's pieces of it that are cute that maybe I can take yeah. that and then change it. Or just like, like I made a skirt out of like three pairs of skinny jeans because skinny jeans aren't really in right now. Yeah, yeah. And I just like stacked them and layered them that yeah, I kind of just don't really know what I'm doing until I'm, like, staring at the piece of clothing and, like, what should I do with this? <laughs> yeah. Um, for, like, specifically this upcoming collection you worked on, what is, like, um, is there, like, an overall, like, color scheme or patterns? What are we looking forward to? Um, I don't know about color scheme. I mean, definitely there's lots of hints of pink. I think okay. pink has become, like, my thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but the the inspiration for my collection is like my younger self and like very nostalgic and cutesy so it's definitely gonna feel like 
you're just like looking at little sage and like I bought like a high school musical shirt and I upcycled it and it's just gonna feel very like young but not in like a childish way just kind of like aspects of your younger self in it I guess um what other like are there any other current local projects you've been a part of or that you're looking forward to um I have a fashion show next September um it's through walking for gold and it's all uh, all the like donations and um funds go toward helping children with cancer and for that one I'm really excited because I have since I have a lot more time I'm making my whole collection out of ties so I'm really excited for that one (laughs) yeah it's good that you have some time (laughs) that is a lot of work (laughs) Okay, so the Salt Lake Fashion Collective Fashion Show is happening this Saturday, February 11th from 3 to 6 p.m. at the Utah Museum of Contemporary Art. Um, are tickets still available? Can listeners find tickets? I'm not sure if there's any pre-sale tickets left. Um, okay. But y- you can look on their Instagram, which is CCCSLC, um, and their link it's linked in their bio. But if they're all sold out, there will be they will be selling tickets day of, like at the door. Awesome. Uh, well, thank you, Sage, for joining me um, on Radioactive. Where can listeners find you and continue to support you? Um, my Instagram is saged, S-A-G-E-D, um, period clothing. And that's where I'll be posting all my things from this fashion show and um, clothing that I make in the future. Cool. And Sage, you have informed me that your next line is almost a tribute to your younger self and is very nostalgic. So we are going to play a song that is just that. (laughs) Um, Up next, we have Salt Lake drag artist Veronica DeVille and Genitalia coming on to talk about the art of drag and what it's like finding a drag career in Salt Lake City. But first, this is Rockstar by Hannah Montana. Hello and welcome back to Radioactive Voices Amplified. This is Haley Askerland, your host. You just heard Rockstar by Hannah Montana. Tonight we are featuring local artists of Salt Lake and connecting you to the vibrance of this city. I'm here with drag queens Veronica DeVille and Jenna Tellia. That's J-E-N-N-A-T-A-I-L-I-A, if any of the listeners were concerned. Um, how are you guys tonight? I'm so good. Thank you for having me. Yeah. I'm doing good. I'm so excited to be here. Good. I'm excited to have you. Um, I wanted to have you two on tonight because we are highlighting local art in Salt Lake and drag is an ever-growing art form that draws and influences so many other mediums like music and dance and performance art. Um, Not to mention that drag is blossoming here in Salt Lake and is here to stay. So thank you for joining me. I'd love to start with your names. What are the inspirations for each of your names? Yeah, my name is Veronica DeVille, Veronica with a K, devil with an A. That was completely on accident. (laughs) Um, And I chose my name the first time I got into drag. I was just looking at myself in the mirror, just saying different names, going over different possibilities. And Veronica just really stuck because it's kind of like a bad girl vibe, but also can be good. Mm -hmm. And my last name, DeVille, my mom's last name and my name out of drag is actually Angel. So it's a play on that. Okay, cool. And how about you, Jenna? My name... Um, I just, you know, I was having a really hard time figuring out names, so I just, you know, looked up online, you know, it's just a name simulator, and it was um, (laughs) my pet's name and the street I live on, so I got (laughs) genitalia. (laughs) Wonderful. You're lying. You got that from, like, an online thing? No. (laughs) No. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's like, just oh, a wow. pun. What are the chances? Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> cool. Um, how did your relationship with drag begin and what made you start performing? Um, I remember the first time I saw Drag Race, I was just so blown away. I was freshly out of high school and it was just such a different culture and something so different than what I was used to. I was raised LDS in Provo. Mm -hmm. And so seeing drag is such a contrast to that environment. And right away, I was just drawn to it. Just you get to dress up fancy and you get to prance about, you get dollar bills. <laughs> it's, it's a very incredible experience. Yeah. Thank you, Veronica. Well, I discovered drag through RuPaul's Drag Race. So um, as a younger person who started um, in this kind of day and age and era, um, that's, I think, where a lot of people start their drag journey. And I just started doing online drag, just posting on Instagram and social media. And then it just blossomed from there. And now I'm performing everywhere. So Cool. And Jenna, you're 19, right? Yes. So I wanted to ask you kind of like what performing is like for you. Are most of your shows all ages or all of them? Um, so most of my shows are all ages. The only other ones that aren't all ages are 18 plus. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I can't really do the 21 plus gigs yet, but yeah. yeah. And what is it like being like a younger drag artist? Is like what makes it harder or easier? Um, I think it does make it a little, I think it makes it harder um, mostly just because there's far less opportunities than mm -hmm. a queen older would get. So um, yeah, I think it's, I think it's a little harder, but I'm managing to make it work. Yeah. I would say Jenna is probably one of the most booked queens under 21 in Salt Lake. Like she's constantly doing stuff and yeah, you may not be able to go to bars and such, but you're, you're still thriving. Thank mm -hmm. you. And where do you perform, Veronica? So I, I started drag um, uh, during the pandemic, actually. I was about 21, so I haven't had the same issues as Jenna. Um, mm -hmm. I've performed all over the place. I've performed in St. George. I've performed in Ogden. I've performed at Milk, Waikiki. Um, I've per performed in Park City. So I'm kind of just bouncing all over the place. And I've also recently been doing Quorum of the Queens, which is a brunch show every Sunday. Mm -hmm. um, that has been really fun. So I'm a wanderer. Cool. And is the brunch show located at a specific place or does it kind of bounce around? Yes. So this brunch show, they just recently moved, actually. It is at the Exchange Below Twist. It's a little confusing. <laughs> the Exchange Below Twist. And cool. they have brunch every single Sunday. Awesome. Um, and so you mentioned you have done drag in St. George. How does that contrast from here in Salt Lake? You know, it's interesting because the towns where drag isn't as common they appreciate you more mm -hmm. like when I was down there I really felt famous like I felt like a god just yeah. because they're so not used to that environment um it is a little scary sometimes because of the conservative towns you never really know if someone's going to show up protesting which is crazy to me that protesters at drag shows think that them protesting with guns is better than people prancing around to a Disney song. Right. Like, come What's on. really more dangerous for the children? Exactly. <laughs> well, who, who would you rather leave your child with? Someone uh -huh. with a gun or a drag queen? Right. Mm. Yeah, it's a question to ask yourself. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also, We're Here was filmed an episode in St. George, right? And that kind of mm -hmm. got some backlash, too. Um, what did you think about that? So I one of the people that was dressed up for the show was actually at that show in St. George mm. and just hearing about their experience it's just 
come on, people, breathe. This isn't. <laughs> this is only an issue because you're making it an issue. Right. And there's one council person specifically in St. George that is extremely homophobic, extre- extremely transphobic. She literally brought on her own media person during the council meeting to just spew hate, and it was it was just gross. And regardless of what was said, she wouldn't listen. Hmm. And I think that's really dangerous when you're not willing to hear other perspectives. Yeah. And are in a position of power it's hard (laughs) um well to lighten the mood a little bit (laughs) i want to go into like your style of drag how would you describe it um i would definitely describe my drag as um like a pop star that didn't ever get signed to a record label (laughs) so now she does comedy okay (laughs) i i define my drag as trailer park girl ready to move to the city on the verge but not quite there just a little bit trashy okay um and who are your biggest inspirations well one of my biggest inspirations would definitely have to be rupaul Mm -hmm. um i just love rupaul he's just my everything yeah (laughs) yeah i think there are a lot of local queens that have really pushed me to be a better performer and be better at makeup i think a few of those would be marlo suzanne and Sequoia, they have been mm-hmm. absolutely incredible and helped me grow as a person. And they're local queens. Sweet. Are there any more local queens you want to shout out, Jenna, Veronica? Yes. Um, one of my closest sisters, Mary Kona. Um, she's an amazing artist. And like you mentioned, Sequoia. And there's so many others that I'm blanking on. But <laughs> I love Utah Drag. It's so amazing. Yeah. It, it really is growing so quickly. I, I kind of jumped in while it was peak growth like during the pandemic right after that Mm -hmm. but there are so many incredible queens and so many people that I'm inspired by and there's so many different types of drag that you can just take little bits from different people and apply that to your own drag for sure um what does a typical genitalia performance look like well I like to do a lot of um comedy mixes so you'll get a little bit of um I'm not really a dancer but I can move my body yeah so (laughs) I'll move my body I love to do comedy mainly so yeah just a little bit of a mix Jenna did a performance recently um I can't remember the song it was like I'll never see you again Mm -hmm. she literally got in her car and drove away (laughs) during the performance that was iconic I love that thank you I I I think my drag is similar as well I try to go for the more comedic side of things I like to do a lot of hip twists and jumps I don't really do drums I just want to make myself feel better (laughs) yeah um do you shop in Salt Lake for like your drag attire like are there um shops in Salt Lake that um provide like wigs and like um specifically drag wigs for me are a little bit harder to find because I like them styled up specifically out of my face because I don't like the hair going in there Mm. um but Sage your previous guest she actually works at Pibbs Clothing Exchange that is somewhere that I frequent quite often and you can easily find something that's simple and just make it more dramatic by adding grindstones yeah yeah I think thrifting is really cool um I get a lot of my stuff from Depop because there's a lot of cool pieces that um are more draggy and um more out there um, than just a normal store. Um, but I really shop everywhere. Cool. Um, are there any projects that you were involved in that happened recently or any that are coming up? Um, yeah, I'm actually a part of a drag band called Marlo Suzanne and the Galaxy Band. Um, live singing, live band. We have shows periodically. Um, we just did the 90s show, and we actually have a Y2K show coming up in March. Um, tickets will be available soon. <laughs> I'm super excited for that one. 
Cool. Yeah, and I'm going to be performing with Chapel Roan. Um, she's an artist, or they're an artist here, uh, not in Utah, but um, they're going to be coming to Salt Lake City, and I'm going to open up for them. We're actually both awesome. in that show. Yeah. That's the girl that sings Pink Pony Club. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm a singer. That's <laughs> exciting. Um, are there any venues that you'd like to mention that you regularly host shows at? Um, well, the show that I normally do at this venue actually ended uh, because it got protested, unfortunately. Mm. Um, so the show's ended, but I love Tea Zanti. It's an amazing tea shop in Sugar House. Yeah. I love it so much. It has my whole heart. Yeah, I kind of bounce around. So honestly, any venue that will take me that I like what they present to the public, I'm like, yeah, I'm in. Yeah. Um, and Tizanti is coming back with their drag shows, right? They're ones that they... I don't think they're coming back with it there. Um, okay. But that Bestie show will continue at another venue. Okay. Yeah. That's good to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, what is your favorite memory from a drag show that you've done or you participated in or just watched? Um, well, I did a, a show in Provo for um, queer students of BYU and it was heavily protested. Um, mm. It was really crazy, um, but it was honestly the most rewarding experience I've ever had um, just because I got so much hate from that. Yeah. Um, the show after when no one was hurt and every everything went okay, um, all the protesters just walked away because there was nothing to protest. Mm-hmm. And it was just so rewarding at the end of the show and everyone was so happy to be there. Yeah. Um, what is the hardest part of pursuing drag in Salt Lake? Being pretty. <laughs> no, it, it really does just take time um, to perfect your look in drag. And one of the hardest parts is the makeup for sure. Um, another part is performing just getting out there really the best advice I can give to drag artists that want to grow their career go out and makeup even if you're not super confident in how you look going out and makeup is how you're seen and how people know who you are I got my first gig by going out and drag and I did yeah. not look good so you have a chance cool and Jenna do you have any advice that you'd want to give to ins- aspiring drag queens too um yes well as a young uh, aspiring drag queen myself I would I know it's corny but just have fun because if you're not having fun with it and, you know, you're only doing drag for the money or the attention, it's not as rewarding. So I would mm-hmm. just say have fun with it. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Veronica and Jenna, for joining me um, on this show of Radioactive. Where can our listeners find you and continue to support you? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram at Veronica Deville, Veronica with a K, Devil with an A. <laughs> you can find me on all social media platforms at the Genitalia. Um, yeah. <laughs> Sweet. Um, coming up, we've got Sports with Sean talking about a new golf course coming to Park City designed by Tiger Woods. But first, we have chosen a song um, that was chosen by Veronica DeVille that describes her drag. Do you want to tell me why um, you chose My Heart Belongs to Daddy by Marilyn Monroe? That's a classic. It's definitely an old one. Um, it's kind of a play on Marilyn Monroe finding a sugar daddy. And I just think it's spicy. I like it. Cool. Um, This is My Heart Belongs to Daddy by Marilyn Monroe. KRCL, Voices Amplified. (laughs) 
Welcome back, KRCL listeners. That was My Heart Belongs to Daddy by Marilyn Monroe. Now we're leaping into our sports segment, Sports with Sean. What's going on, Sean? Thank you, Haley. Uh, so I am Sean Stetson. This is Sports with Sean, where we talk about sports happening in the community. So recently on Tuesday, Tiger Woods announced that he is going to design a golf course for Marcella Club in Park City, Utah, which is very exciting, except this statement that he made on his Twitter my intent is to create a world-class golf experience to pair with Marcel Club's vision for modern luxury living. What that means to me is I am not going to have enough money to go golfing <laughs> there. But uh. it's interesting that a golf course design would come up in the state of Utah as we are in a severe drought. Right. And it has also resurfaced a bill, House Bill 188, that is sponsored by Representative Doug Welton, Ben Winslow of Fox 13 brought it up today that it's going to make an appearance tomorrow and what the bill entails it it makes public and private golf courses disclose how much water usage they use annually mm. so it's a pretty important bill and it went it was held in the committee back in late january because in, for a lot of reasons uh they were saying it was public shaming on the golfing industry Oh, Which boy. is utterly ridiculous. <laughs> so it's going to be interesting to see how that goes tomorrow. So stay tuned on that. And this weekend we have the Super Bowl, which is between the Eagles and the Chiefs. But more interestingly for Utah, there are two Stansbury High School students that graduated in 2014-2015 respectively. Sua Opeta and Zane Anderson. Sua Opeta played for Weber State and is in his fourth season on the offensive line for the Philadelphia Eagles. And Zane Anderson, who played at BYU, is in his second season for the Kansas City Chiefs as a safety. But also, there is one more player for the Philadelphia Eagles, and that is Britton Covey, who is an undrafted free agent signing by the Eagles and former University of Utah standout All-American and my bold prediction prediction is that he returns a punt return for a touchdown in the Super Bowl. Just to make things interesting and say I saw the future. So I am Sean Stetson <laughs> reminding you to always stay close. You might learn something. So that is sports. Let's see what we got going in pop culture. Yeah, that's right. Thank you, Sean. So for pop culture this week, we have a film showing coming up. In partnership with KRCL, the Utah Film Center is hosting a show uh, a showing of Little Sachmo, a documentary film about the unknown daughter of historic jazz artist Louis Armstrong. Many jazz aficionados and music nerds will probably know Armstrong as the father of solo jazz performance, transforming the face of popular jazz from a collective act of improvisation to a genre where solo artists reign supreme. What many don't know and what the film by director John Alexander explores is the unknown love child of Louis Armstrong, Sharon Preston Fulton. I'm Kyle. This is your Pop Culture Nugget. Back to you, Haley. Cool. Thank you. Um, yeah, I am really interested about how the golf course is going to go with Tiger Woods. Um, do you think that it's going to get more backlash from the community? You know, I think so because the bill, the HB, the House Bill 188 was shelved back. It was held back in the committee back in late January. Mm. And then Tuesday, the golf course designs get announced. And then today, the bill you know, comes back to life and is being heard tomorrow. So I don't think it's going to, I think the golf course is still going to go forward because it's Tiger Woods. And that is like, you know, 
money for the state. Uh, I don't think regular people <laughs> will be able to golf, uh, <laughs> including myself, which, you know, stinks, but that's just my opinion. Uh, hopefully I can go, but it will be interesting to see how it pans out. Yeah, I think so, too. And um, Kyle, I was wondering um, where and when we can participate in your... Right. That information is important. So <laughs> the film will be shown at the City Library on Wednesday, February 15th at 7 p.m. Tickets are available on the Utah uh, Film Center website. You can RSVP in advance by going to utahfilmcenter.org forward slash event forward slash Little Sachmo. Armstrong's daughter, Sharon Preston Fulton, who the film is about, will be present via Zoom for questions after the show. The runtime is about 60 minutes, which is brief as far as music documentaries go. Uh, who doesn't love a little bit of music history, right? So we hope to see you there. Cool. Um, well, I would like to thank my team for putting together this show with me. Um, thank you to my lead producer who's here with me, Kyle Forbush. Uh, my assistant producer, Macaulay Blackburn. Uh, my booking producer, Mavini Burnham, digital producer, John Coles, and my professor and founder of Amplify Utah, Marcy Cancio. Thanks for plugging into your community. To find more about our guests, check the show notes at krcl.org and hit play on the Voices Amplified playlist. To hear all the music featured tonight, we'd love... Um, and we'd also love to hear from you. Uh, send questions or comments to radioactive at carousel.org and be sure to put voices amplified in the subject. Until next Thursday night, this is My Heart by Fontaine. KRCL, 90.9 FM, HD1 in Salt Lake City, Ogden, and Provo. 96.7 FM in Park City, on the web at krcl.org. Listener-supported community radio. Support for KRCL comes from our listeners and the Corporation for Public Broadcasting.